Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Good evening. What's up? Not a whole lot. Or maybe a lot. Hmm. Okay. And not only will it or was it a lot, it was a hot, steamy day during the summer of 1955 Hmm. in the greater Evansville area, a town located in everyone's favorite state. Indiana. Hmm. You know, like Indi- it's not your favorite state. No. Yeah, if I had to pick like a top one state that I loved a lot, it would be Indiana. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, because like it's got like the lake shore. Isn't that cute? It's connected to like Michigan. It's got sand dunes. It does. Yeah. It's got a lot of open highway where you see nothing. And it's connected to nothing at all. Yep. And you drive for hours and don't see anything. I've done that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? No. Well, everyone loves it, I've been told. People are saying Indiana's the best state. Okay. <laughs> well, they must live there. It they, sounds biased. That, I mean, even if someone lives in Indiana, they probably shouldn't be saying it's the best state. Right. Because, like, come on, Indiana. Yeah. Come on. I mean, Indiana did give you a little Sebastian. It, it did. It's... He's real. No, it's not. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a documentary. It was filmed like one. Yeah. Well. Anyways, we're going off. This is getting this is a little tangent here. But anyways, Evansville is Indiana's third largest city. Okay. Trailing only Indianapolis and Fort Wayne in its population density. Mm-hmm. Number of people in those metropolitan areas. Now, Evansville is located right alongside the mighty Ohio River. However, as mighty as she is, uh, near Evansville, uh, do- dog town specifically, you know, town, little towns, suburban, but connected towns. I love Indiana so much, I didn't really look up its specific geography. I just know Dogtown and Evansville are like right next to each other and could probably be the same town, maybe. Okay. You know, connected, close. The river's depth, again, along the, do- the Dogtown area, is only approximately like 15 feet deep, and its current, a measly one mile an hour. Nice. Lazy river. It's a lazy river. Yeah. Right. And I mean, oh man, I love a good lazy river. Yeah, me too. That might be a thing that gets experienced sometime again. That'd be cool. It would be nice. Yeah. Have a few, you know, enjoy a good lazy river, have some asparagus wine. Yeah. A few lazy beers. A few lazy beers. So lazy. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyways, that lazy rivers are great. So, but again, so why am I going on about this river? Lazy rivers sound fun, mm-hmm. sound enticing, right? Enjoyable. You can go in it, splash around. Now, why would you even want to go in the river and splash around? Besides it being fun, what if there was an? What would nece- 
what would make it necessary to kind of get into a lazy river or a river? Or like, why would you like, I got to get in this river? Uh, got to get in. I could tell you. For recreation or like desperation? Well, yeah, well, both, maybe. Because August 1955 was a scorcher. And the river's gentle nature made it a perfect spot for the locals to escape their air-conditioned-deprived homes and feel like humans again. So there's not much air conditioning in these homes back in 1955. Yeah. And it was hot. It said it was like consistently, like for days on end, it was like 95 degrees. Which, you know, considering the temperatures we get now, it's almost a novel temperature. It's like, oh, just 95, huh? Because sometimes it can get pretty fucking hot. Um, but they were cooking. And they needed to jump in this river. So who jumped in this river? Well, uh, Naomi Johnson, her three children, and her friend, Lois Lamble, drove to the river beach to try and enjoy themselves. Many other people did as well. It's beach, river, slow. It's a good place to be. Uh, Naomi jumped into the water while Lois watched her kids from the shore. Now, some accounts say Lois was floating on a raft or in her tube near the shore. Regardless, she was watching the kids. I just think some like reports just left out those details, but it seems like she might have been along the, you know, shoreline floating in her tube. Mm-hmm. Kids over here playing, and like Naomi just needed to must have just I gotta get I just gotta let me go just for a moment by myself, some alone time. Okay, swimming, jumping mm-hmm. around. Yeah, All right. So that's what she chose to do. Um. So yeah, Naomi was taking a break, perhaps from her, um, you know. Stress her home life or, you know, raising three kids. She had three of them. Can, you know, take some effort. So she was in the calm waters enjoying the Ohio. It was a good day. A lazy, taking a swim in the river kind of day. Uh-huh. Yeah, just letting it go coast now. Imagine, like, floating upright, kind of maybe doggy paddling back. Mm-hmm. Just letting it go. Um, a good day. Until Naomi jerked violently backwards. Her body, her body yanked below the surface of the water. Ooh, that can't be good. And just like that, she was gone. She went home? She went under the water. Hmm. Okay. She's gone. Was okay. gone. But hmm. only for a moment. She fought, resisted, forcing herself above the water to let out one last terrifying scream. That's not good. You don't like where this is going? No. Yeah. As you may have guessed, something had her. And whatever that something was, it was strong. She could feel its grip tightening around her knee. It continued to drag her down, but she continued to resist. Lois and everyone else, now aware, including her three children watching from the shore, like, what the fuck's happening to my mom? What's happening to her mom? What is happening to their mom? But yeah, everyone basically watching was aware that uh, she was in grave danger. They weren't just staring at her going, like, like, what's she doing? Yeah. Is she playing around? What do you mean? No, Hi, Mom. But like they're, she, they're alarmed, though. They're alarmed. Okay. Yeah, because then I picture, like, a comedy where, like, Mom's far away. I mean, it's 15 meters off, so, like, you can still hear her scream. Yeah. But, like, if she's, like, far enough away where, like, she's, like, trying to, like, stretch her arms out, and then, like, the kids are just like, Hi, Mom. They wave back. <laughs> they just wave back, yeah. Hi, Mom. How you doing? Hi. 
But no, she was in grave danger. So then uh, Lois came to Naomi's aid. Uh, Naomi latched onto the inner tube of the raft that Lois may or may not have been floating on. But all the things I read said that she grabbed onto a raft. So it leads me to believe that Lois was probably on the tube in the water. And like, oh shit, my friend's getting fucked. What has happened to my fucking friend? So Lois, you know, the raft she was floating on made it to Naomi. And Naomi managed to kick her assailant away. Okay. That's probably good. That's a plus. Mm -hmm. Definite bonus. Benefit. Good thing. She made it to shore, she being Naomi, in complete shock, her adrenaline racing. She may not have felt the skin around her leg being shredded at first, but there was no denying it now. Anytime your leg is getting shredded, it's probably not going to be a good day. Not a plus. Perhaps um, bad things are afoot. Hmm. Or a leg. Were a foot. A knee? No longer a foot. Yeah, no longer a foot. Luckily, it seems to be just around her knee area. Okay. So her knee was cut and bloodied. When asked about what had her, because something clearly did, Naomi described it as, quote, well, as a, quote, large, hairy, claw-like hand. Hmm. Imagine being pulled underneath the water by something you cannot see, but clearly feeling that it's a hand. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It would not be good. Wouldn't like it. I would not be a fan. I would not be uh, game for that. So, but then I ask you this. So there's clearly a claw. There's something grabbing her. It's a hand. She knows. What if the deep gashes and bruises were not the most remarkable part of her injury? Okay. Okay. What truly alarmed her friend and family? was the green palm stain that accompanied her gashes. Hmm. There was like a green stain all around where whatever this thing was had grabbed her. Well, that can't be a good thing. Again, a lot of bad things going on. Mm-hmm. Quote, whatever this is, uh, Naomi again, talking more about what had happened to her. Quote, whatever this thing was, it had a strong grip and was very furry. All I know is that I will not... Go swimming in that river again. So. That's fair. It is fair. It's unfortunate that whatever that did ruined her river time. But I mean. Yeah, no no more fun in the lazy river. No, I can't imagine um, a better way to ruin someone's river time than being tri- being pulled underneath, cut up. That would, mo- that would ruin my river time. Yeah, it's not good. Like one time I thought I stepped in a fish. I was like, oh shit, it's a fish. What'd you step on? Oh, it was a fish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it was a fish. Like, I, like the fact that it was a fish, I was like, ah, I touched it. Even though, like, I'm in his home, literally in his home. Yeah. I should not be <laughs> alone. Like this guy that. showed up to my house and he <laughs> stepped on me. <laughs> Did you hear about that? He's telling his neighbors, and then this he, guy fucking stepped on me. And then he was all indignant about it. Like, what is there a fish under my foot? Yeah, I could hear him. And I could speak because I, I, I can understand his language. He was so revolted by the fact that he was in the water and touched the fish. He's in my house. <laughs> yeah, this is my home. I swim here. Yeah. He comes here like once every... It'd be like a fish coming into your house, running (laughs) into you, and being like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Who let this fish in here? (laughs) Yeah. And he's just like, I'm just doing my thing, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. What if that's still coming? What if the fish is coming to get me? It might be. (laughs) That's a weird nightmare to have. Uh Uh-huh. 
hear a knock at the door, open up, it's a fish, he hits me. <laughs> it just slaps. And this, like, swim flies through my house. Slap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, fish. Jesus, fish. <laughs> yep. All right. But, I mean, Naomi was attacked. She was pulled underneath, and when she came up, she her legs was were cut up, and uh, her one knee, and she had a green stain all around her. Now, this story is one of a kind. No other reports like this ever came from Evansville. In or near the river, it was a one-off. The stain remained on Naomi's legs for days before cleaning them off, before she was able to clean them off. But that was that. I mean, that was it. You know? Mm-hmm. It's Naomi's story. The end of the story. Nothing else to talk about as far as that goes. But the date of the encounter, you know, was this a normal thing? Not a normal thing, but like it wasn't like a string of things. It wasn't like a rash of attacks. It wasn't like there was no other cryptid reports or weirdness going on really around. It was just this one-off weird thing. Okay. But, but something was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. The date of the encounter. Uh, it's worth mentioning, at least. Um, August 21st, 1955. Okay. Now, I will ask you, but I won't let you. I mean, if you don't, you don't have to dwell on it because we talk about a lot of things in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked about this date before. Have we? Yes. Hmm. But there's too much to go over. Yeah. But I mean... This was the same date as the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Mm, okay. It's a nine hour, I looked it up. It's a nine hour drive from Evansville to Hop, Kelly Hopkinsville. Uh, Hopkinsville. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly close, but it's weird that it's the same date. It's odd. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, again, random things happen all the time, and what can you do? But I mean, we talk about 1972 a lot. We do. But it's a weird year. Yeah. Why do we talk about it so much? I don't know. Why does it come up? I mean, Strange. Very weird. Yeah. I mean, at least we won't talk about it this episode, so that's, that's something. Good. That's something. To, at least we'll avoid it. All right. We'll so, skip around the we'll, 72. We'll, we, yeah, we're not going to deal with this. Nah. Everyone, no. just forget about that year. What? Weird. But also, when I, um, over the river, people had reported seeing a silver saucer. Okay. I don't think many people... But, like, somebody told somebody, and it got to me. Uh-huh. So it was a thing that was said by some maniac. Okay. Also worth mentioning, uh, Naomi's attack was published in the local paper. And a few days after her violent underwater battle, her and her husband were visited by someone who said he was a colonel in the Air Force. Okay, this sounds familiar. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. He asked several questions about what happened and told her he was very interested and told her and said... Uh, if she repeated her story, well, she shouldn't do that because bad things would happen to her. Now, that's the real end of that story. Okay. So she was visited by a colonel from the Air Force, and we know what that probably means. You know what that's associated with? I do, yeah. That's probably a man in black. Yeah. That's what it would be connected to, at least. Well... Yeah, I don't think they claim the Air Force, but they might just claim things just to hide it. Right. But how often do people show up after these things and be like, hey. A lot, yeah. frequently. Right. We haven't touched on that in a whole lot, but. No. But we could have. We definitely could. I would almost say we probably will. 
Not today, but again. We'll get there. Happened the same day as the Kelly Hopkinsville uh, goblin little gray men attack. And somebody shows up and is like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. A lot of things happen around this area. Like the time frame. Well, I remember some of the family from the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter traveled into Indiana the day after at some point. I don't remember where, though. True. That's a a thing. That is a thing. That's true. Now, so what happened to Naomi? Well, the world has some theories. They've also suspected that maybe this creature is a relative of the lizard man of Bishopsville. The uh, lake or swamp? Um, what did I say? I said it wrong, didn't I? The oh the, man, now you got me twisted up. Here. I know. I I think I twisted up when I said it. The, I mean, it's, it's a lizard, a lizard man of Bishopville, Bishopsville, yeah. but um, or swamp, oh, scape man. or swamp. Got it. Yeah, we got there. there. Yeah. Holy crap! All right, they've even tried to uh, connect this creature to the Loveland Frogmen. But, okay. come on, man. The frogmen, they had wands. I never really wanted to hurt anybody. They were just casting spells. Yeah, they were casting spells, having parties. Yeah, doing, doing their thing. You know, doing frogmen stuff. As far as connections go, at least the lizard men attacked cars. You know, like he was kind of violent, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a better leap to make. It's like, oh, hey, maybe this. Again, at this point, we're just, we're just you know, kind of connecting vaguely reptilian-type things. Like, she said it was, like, a furry thing, but, like, it's in the water, so people are like, well, maybe the furs, maybe it wasn't fur, it was actually scales, she felt. She's also in shock being attacked. I think I would be able to tell the difference between scales and fur myself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, one would feel wet and, you know, you grab somebody's, you touch your head underwater versus you touch skin underwater. Right. They're very you, different. Then if you accidentally step on a fish underwater. Yeah, you know, you're you're not like, oh, why is that fish so hairy? You're like, <laughs> you're like oh, that's a fucking fish. <laughs> you come up from the water. I just stepped on a hairy fish. Get out of here. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No. So, you know, again, people trying to, again, we like to look for connections and patterns as human beings, but, you know. Or is our guy a straight-up reptoid from the Alpha Draconis star system? Yes. I'm... <laughs> Probably. Now living underground, perhaps in the depths of the Ohio River. One account says that blue mud, like a dark blue weird mud, was found on Naomi's wounds um, or and by like the side of where she was that can only be found in the deepest parts of the river or underground caves. Okay. So people like... Oh, like some sort of clay or something? Probably clay. I would say that sounds like clay to me. Absolutely. I would think that sounds like clay. Yeah, it sounds like absolutely like clay. That sounds like somebody describing clay who's never seen clay before. Some blue mud. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Now, some people, however, looking for connections, take their sleuthing to the Great White North. Okay. Let's travel to... Didn't look up how this was pronounced, but it's. I'm going to say it how it is. Um, Thetis Lake, T H E T I S. Thetis, Thetis sounds good. Lake in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. And move 15 years forward in time 
from uh, Naomi's attack from okay. what is called the Green Clawed Beast. That's the title. The Green Clawed Beast. That's the consensus for the story that okay. happened to Naomi. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 15 years from 1955 to the year, you've already guessed it. 1970. 19. Hmm. The math is wrong. I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, 1970 is 15 years. 72? Are we going to 72? I mean, I did the fucking math earlier, but yeah, we're going to 1972. God damn it. I knew you gave me a weird look. Should have known. I was about to just give it up and be like, yep. <laughs> but I like, oh, let's get there. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I mentioned it earlier but in the episode the, now. This, like, <laughs> this story I'm about to tell you is one I have never heard about before, and we've talked about 1972 many times. The fact that this one I just came across also connects to 1972 means something happened in 1972. Or something happened earlier that culminated in 1972. Hmm. Because I cannot think of another year or like the early 70s where of monster stuff. It's always that, man. Yeah. Every time. That's why it's really funny that I mentioned it already. Yeah, it's like a joke. It's a running joke. And like, no, we're going to 1972. God damn it. The month. August. Two teenagers. Robin Fluellen. Speaking of cool ass names. 16. And Gordon Pike, 17. We're hanging out at the beach. Of Thetis Lake. Debating? The, they were not debating. Okay. Um, only uh, Well, they could have been debating. A couple of two friends. I mean, they're two male friends, but they still could have been debating. Oh, wait. It's what a, were their names? Yeah, I mean... I believe it's a male Robin. That's fine. I believe. Or did I just assume it was a male Robin? Was I thinking of I just man? assumed it was a female Robin. Um, I think... No, the story is going to say two boys. So it was a male Robin and a male Gordon. Yeah. As opposed to well, the female Gordons. Still could have been debating. It's, I mean, they're right. Whatever you want to do, whoever you are. Right. Enjoy yourself. It's not the point of the story, though. So it's absolutely not. So we're, <laughs> we're moving it along. <laughs> yeah. There's a thing happening here. Yeah. So Robin and Gordon were kind of hanging out by the uh, the um, the beach, as you do. Mm-hmm. Beach hanging. You know. Good old beach hang. Good old beach hangs. When they notice, quote, the A isn't part of the quote. When they notice a, quote, spontaneous swelling of water. Okay. It's fine. It's noticeable. Normal, too. It's okay. Okay. And then as quickly as the swelling appeared, one by one, the barbed fins that adorned the center of its skull became visible. Water dripping down. Soon more barbs were seen covering its arms as they came up from the water. The creature appeared to be somewhat triangular-shaped. Five feet tall, they estimated, and five feet wide kind of at its base. So it's kind of like a... I imagine it might just be standing with its legs spread out. That's, what, that's kind of how I pictured it. Sounds kind of like it. Yeah. Now, oh, I'm being funny. Because, like, he's standing out, so he seems kind of watery. So I was like, does he have, like, like ripped thighs? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe. Kind of bulky, sort of. They don't mention that, but I'm just saying. Because what happens is, who knows? Because in a flash, it left the water and pursued the boys, who became horrifyingly aware that its legs had also 
been covered in barbed fins. So he's got like he's a webbed fin creature with like like but they're like hooked, mm-hmm. maybe in some degree. They look fucking scary, I would imagine. Sounds like it. It had three webbed toes and three webbed fingers, which one of the boys said it used to cut one of their hands. Okay. The boys, scared, afraid, and looking for help, sought it after they eluded the creature. They eventually got, they got away. They outran it by contacting the Canadian Royal Mounted Police, the Mounties. Right. Well, the Mounties didn't think the boys were lying. They actually believed them, quote. The boys seem sincere, and until we determine otherwise, we have no alternative but to continue our investigation. So the Mounties are all in. Okay. So they're investigating, trying to figure shit out. As they're doing that, you know, four days go by. Russell Van Nees, 14, and Mike Gold, 12, spotted the beast from the opposite side of the lake from the initial sighting. Quote. This is a quote from Russell Van Nees. It came from out of the water and looked around. Then it went back in the water. Then we ran. Its body was silver and shaped like an ordinary body, like a human being body. Like a human being body. Mm-hmm. But it had a monster face, and it was all scaly with a point sticking out of its head. Is this a street shark? <laughs> <laughs> I bumped the microphone. Is it a street <laughs> shark? Maybe. Is it on rollerblades? Oh my god! It got out. It got out. It was on rollerblades. <laughs> Either that, or without a skateboard and an ollie. This is insane. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. I mean, I'm going to just leave that as a maybe. You make your. <laughs> you make you and the listeners make your own decisions. If this sounds like a street shark to you, kind of. Because I mean. <laughs> I don't even know what street sharks say. I was going to make him say Ninja Turtle. Jawsome. Oh, (laughs) jawsome, dudes. Oh, my God. It's a street shark in 1972. Yeah, well, that cartoon was a biopic. Yeah, that's fine. I need to rewatch it. I should have rewatched it for research. No, no. Yeah, man. Okay. You just want to watch street sharks? Uh, At one point, yes. Yeah, maybe someday. Oh, geez, I was going to reread the part about the Mounties. Now I'm going to about street sharks. All right, where are we at? <laughs> all right, where are we at? Oh, yeah, so he, yeah. It was all scaly with a point sticking out of its head and great big ears and horrifying eyes. What's going on here? Nothing jawsome. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mounties wrapped up their case. Did they? Case closed. What? <laughs> because they, uh, you know, they had, well, again, they had opened an honest to God investigation. They were looking into stuff. Mm-hmm. But a local man came forward and said that a year earlier, he had lost something. Was it a street shark? <laughs> He's like, my street shark lo- <laughs> escaped. And they're like, okay. Okay. God, what would his, what would this street shark's name be? Jeff. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. I mean, yeah, nothing I had was going to be as good as Jeff. Yeah. I lost my street shark, Jeff. 
Something you tell the Mounties. Mm-hmm. No, he lost his pet Tengu lizard. Okay. It's about a four-foot lizard. It's a big lizard. But, I mean, is, there, is that what you've been hearing? I mean, when I read these descriptions to you, you jumped to Street Shark. Yeah, no, I didn't think this lizard thing that I just searched up. Yeah, look at it. Does that look like what I described to you? It's got scales and points. It's got scales, that's true. I mean, it's, it's got a good-sized lizard. But yeah, it's got pointy things in its heads, and it stands on all in two feet, and it's about five feet tall. No. Well, unlike you, the Mounties thought that was good enough and moved on. Oh. Right, case closed. One of these in we got it. Canada. Okay. Yeah. My next question. How do you feel about a lizard surviving a winter in Canada? Not great. Yeah, probably not the best. I probably feel better about it than the lizard does. I mean, you would think, wouldn't you? Well, making matters worse, as opposed, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to discussing the validity of these stories, these sightings, uh, recently, Daniel Loxton, editor of Skeptic Magazine, contacted Russell Van Nees, who admitted him and Gold had lied. And he stressed that Gold was an infamous liar. But, like, Gold was fucking 12 years old. Yeah, he's a fucking liar, he's man. A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Still true. 12-year-olds can be liars. But I just love the fact that, like, they were, he, this guy was 12 years old in 1972, and this guy comes back and talks like his friend, and he's like, yeah, that guy's a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. So, this basically renders the whole second sighting as like an acknowledged lie. Like, it's just like, it's a made-up story. We weren't chased. Nothing happened. Nobody got out. We lied. It was a big joke, basically. Which then people use that to kind of assume that, like, well... That must have been the attack and chase reported by, you know, Robin um, Flewellen. Yeah, I think that's what I said. Yeah. And Gordon Pike. I mean, that's probably just a phony story, too, then, right? That's what they assume. It's done. Mm-hmm. So they're just done. Yeah, it's, there's done. Like, it's just a, you know, phony encrypted story. Maybe some people are telling, th- you know, whatever. But so we're done here, right? Mm-hmm. Summer 2006. Jesse Martin made this post to a phishing website five summers ago. He specifies 2006. I got a job with the Freshwater Fishery Society of British Columbia, teaching people how to fish on Vancouver Island. I lived out of Duncan, about an hour north of Victoria. I spent my summer teaching people to fish and my time off chasing rainbow and brown trout in the Cowichan River and smallmouth bass and other area lakes. One day in August, I decided to try out Thetis or Thetis Lake, just north of Victoria. Didn't have a boat at the time, but heard that it had pretty good shore access, so I decided to give it a try. Sure enough, there was a great walking path around the lake, and the action was pretty steady, including one solid three-plus pounder on a tube bait. Fishing stuff. I was having a blast exploring this new lake when I came to the realization that daylight was fading fast. After a few more casts, I made more than one, quote, last cast. Get it? Because he didn't stop. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's my last one. It's a good one. This is my last one. Yeah. After doing that, he says, I hustled back to the parking lot. It was completely deserted. 
My Mustang was the last car there. As an experienced urban fisherman, being the last guy in the parking lot was nothing new at all. But just as I was entertaining myself with this thought, I heard something moving through the brushes behind the car. Being the scaredy cat I am, I rushed into the car, shoved my rods into the passenger seat, and fumbled for my keys. As I did this, I happened to glance in my rearview mirror, where I saw a man running towards me. Now, if this were a horror movie, this would have been the part where the car didn't start. Thankfully, it did, and not a moment too soon, as the figure was rapidly catching up. As I put it into gear, he made one last lunge for the passenger side door, where his hand smacked against the handle. It's kind of dramatic. Mm-hmm. I peeled out of the parking lot and didn't check the rear view until I was on the Malahat Highway. I tried to call myself during the ride home, but I was definitely rattled thinking about what had just happened. When I got back to the place I was staying in Duncan, I pulled into the driveway and was about to go inside when I decided to take a look at the spot on my car where the man had struck it. As I walked towards it, I stared dumbfounded at what I saw. Five scratch marks with patches of fish scales strewn throughout. I didn't sleep well that night. And when I went into work the next morning, I just had to tell somebody what happened. That somebody was my coworker. For the sake of anonymity, let's call her V. V listened patiently to my entire story, but I was taken aback when she didn't even seem surprised at the ending. Okay. The following dialogue went something like this. This is we're gonna jump back and forth between me and V, okay. Okay. Me, which will be Jesse. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesse. This doesn't surprise you? V. No, not really. Jesse. Wow, you must think I'm really full of crap then. V. Ha! No. I mean, just a little. Actually, I've heard stories like this before. It was a Thetis like monster. You're kidding. Oh, not at all. It's a real thing. There's an actual monster that lives there and terrorizes people. V. Go look it up. And I did. And after doing so, I had to admit, it sounded a lot like what I encountered that August night <laughs> on Vancouver Island. Huh. And I haven't been back to Thetis Lake since. So, it's a brief, you know, pause here. How do you... What happened... If you want it, that sounds a lot like the Lizard Man stories. It does. It sounds like a lot, a tech, lot like that. Tech uh, and cars. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's just there, startles some people, and then it's gone. Right. Makes a bad time. And he really hates some cars. Bad memories. Bad memories. He hates cars, wants to scratch them. Uh huh. I mean, who doesn't, though? You just want to walk by cars and scratch them. <laughs> Zach. Well, look at those cars. Not even scratched. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. Unscratched. What if I was a lizard man? I'd scratch that car. Yeah. You want to get scratched, car? Hmm. Are you talking to the car? You want to get scratched? Yeah. You want to get scratched good? What Just are you talking? There asking for it. Yeah. He's like, got him. Got it. Oh, my God. Now, famed cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman contacted Jesse and had asked him about people not believing his story about people who dismissed his report. Okay. 
This is what Jesse said to that, to the question that uh, Lauren had asked him. Quote, my response to the debunkers is simple. It's easy to deny the existence of something if it doesn't fit into our concept of what is real and what isn't. It's difficult to come forward and admit you've actually had an encounter with an unknown creature knowing you'll be in the position to be attacked, which is not untrue. Mm-hmm. You know, being a little apprehensive. Like, hey, guys, I saw a monster. I'm like, who are you telling? Not that, a lot of people. Probably. That's the conversation you keep for select company. Right. You find the person who's going to either accept what you're saying, willing to listen, or be like, fuck it, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Kind of in that category. I mean, I would be in that category. Fuck you, man. Too. That's awesome. Yeah. Who thinks they see monsters? I mean, I would like to see a monster. I mean, you know. I say I would like to until I do, probably, but. Depends on how the interaction goes. Yeah. If there's a difference between seeing a monster and physically interacting with one. Yeah, I don't want to touch it. Or, like, what if your monster, like, damages your car and that costs you money? That's not fun. Yeah, how do you explain that? Like, well... A fucking Sasquatch came out and he just... <laughs> he keyed my car. <laughs> a Sasquatch had a key? I saw it. He waved it in my fucking face before he did it. <laughs> he gave me the finger as he did yeah. it. he's like, fuck you, I'm gonna key your car. He said that to me. I know what happened. Yeah. He, he was nine feet tall, at least 350, and then he keyed my car. He was very indignant about it. Yeah. Then he smeared all his money fucking f- fur, ass fur, whatever. I don't know where the fuck he is. He just rolled around my car and got all dirty, too. He's a real dick. Yeah, I f- if I see that guy, I'm going to beat him up. I'm glad those jerky guys mess with him. Yeah, they better mess with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, teaching him a lesson. Yeah, fuck you, Sasquatch. We're going to make jerky out of you. <laughs> What's Sasquatch jerky? Yeah, that's what Jack's links are. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that makes sense. I guess. I mean, they're messing with Sasquatch in those commercials, right? Yeah, why else wouldn't it be? Why would Sasquatch be so pissed at them in those commercials if they weren't picking him into jerky? Because they've been harvesting his family and feeding it to people. <laughs> oh <my> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is brought to you by Jack's links. I like those. I'd eat some. Yeah, go stick some squatch in your mouth. That's a new slogan. It's not. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's a joke. <laughs> that, that's parody. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, Jack Slinks. You are delicious. So, I mean, he's a reptilian. He's dangerous. Uh-huh. Right? These things... These things, you know, being a reptilian, being dangerous, being from the water, these things kind of link the green clawed beast and the Thetis Lake monster. Again, obviously people are, you know, looking for just connections, trying to piece things together. I mean, he's all, you know, he's from fucking Indiana. He's in Vancouver, Canada. Now, I don't know if anybody has looked at a map. Those places are not close. They're not. They're very not close together. But that's... You know, being a reptilian and being dangerous might not be their most important connection. Okay. One of the most um, revealing links might may have, in fact, been discovered by skeptic editor Daniel Loxton. Because while diving into the second Thetis encounter, you know, the guy who was able to find out, talk to the guy, and like, yeah, we just fucking, we were just kids, we lied. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well. He discovered that a week earlier... Um, 
that there was a movie played, The Monster of the Surf, also known by the more promiscuous title, Beach Girls and the Monster, was rerun on a local TV station. Okay. And that was, you know, basically like a week before all these encounters happened. Okay. Now, for fun, I'm just going to play you the trailer because they'll hear the audio, but like, I want you to see the creature, okay? And it's been a while since I played you something, so I got it keyed up on my phone. I'm going to throw it over to you, and everybody will be able to hear the audio, which is just nice. This movie was from 1965, and again, the sightings happened in 1972. Okay. Okay. Where does the other end go? It dumps into the ocean. It looks exactly like the South American Fantasma fish. I hope you can take one alive, Sheriff. I still believe that a human clawed that girl to death. The Beach Girls and the Monster. Starring John Hall, Sue Casey, and the glamorous Watusi dancing girls from Hollywood's famed Whiskey A Go Go nightclub. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Music by Frank Sinatra Jr. Okay. Oh. <laughs> what? The best example of his talents. You won't have after you meet the monster on the beach. If you see this ghoul, play it cool. Beauties in bikini, laughing, singing, surfing, sinning. Party lovers making hey hey in the moonlight while the monster waits and watches. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? The beach girls and the monster. That seems absurd. I'd it watch is. it though. So imagine being like a 12 and 14 year old seeing that film. Got the whiskey a go go dancers going. There's a lot going on in this movie here. There's a lot going on. This looks like a black and white masterpiece. Frank Sinatra Jr., what is happening here? I don't know. Me neither. But that did air like a week before the second sighting. And that creature, you saw him. He looks kind of exactly like what they described. He's got like his pointy head, like little kind of like fins, oh, yeah. like a barb. Like it, I mean, that's the guy. So and then also um, during the first elaborate encounter, um, you know the one that has not been confirmed to be phony. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys compared the creature to the gill monster from the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay, everybody should know what that one looks like. I would say so, a hundred percent. He's the defini- He's your definitive creature. Right. He is the creature. Yeah. He's your aqua creature. Which brings us back to the green clawed beast of Evansville, Indiana. Now, movies were in theaters longer back then. I didn't look up the exact length how long the uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon was in theaters, but that came out in 1954. So that movie would have totally been in the public consciousness, you know, by 1955 when Naomi was attacked. And that was kind of the assumption. Even though nobody saw it, 
everybody was talking kind of how it was like the creature. It's an underwater beast. Felt a hand grabbing. I mean. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a universal monster, right? Uh, he's a uni- he is literally a universal monster. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that just kind of brings us some questions. Like, were, were all these attacks the result of popular culture taking hold of people's imaginations? Maybe. It's a big maybe, I guess. Right. Or, like, with those movies being in the popular discourse, like some type of, like, group, not psychosis, but, like, you know. Because there was, um, I didn't write any like write anything down for this part, but as I was researching this stuff, like, a lot of things that came up discussing how that could have might have been a thing is how so many people, like, were reporting, like, shark attacks after Jaws happened. Or, like, they thought they saw a shark or the shark's coming. Right, yeah. Like, it was a huge, massive scare. That already jumped into my mind. Did it? Like, that See? kind of thing happening. Uh-huh. Before you even brought that up. Yeah. Perfect. So, like, the same thing could have happened with the creep. Like, there might be an underwater monster grabbing me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for all accounts, Naomi, you know, she was actually attacked by something. Something got her, I guess. Like, it wasn't nothing I, I, could, I came across. Even though, like, the, the green-clawed beast, like, that's it. That's the beginning, middle, and end of the story. Right. But her but nothing was cut up. Yeah, nothing seemed like she wasn't not attacked. Oh. Huh. And her and her husband said somebody came to the house, like, asking about weird shit. So, like... Yeah, that's weird. Right? And what's... Again, even though it's nine hours away, Indiana and... uh, Was it Kentucky? Yeah, it's Kentucky, right? Yeah. And what's also weird about the Evansville attack, not really weird, it's just a geography thing. Like, um, the Ohio River, like, that's all Kentucky there. So the shore is Indiana... But the river itself counts as Kentucky. Like, the river isn't split in the middle between the two states. Like, that's what right. the divide makes. So, technically, it's like a Kentucky attack, even though they're, you know, the Indiana shore, they're only 15 meters away. Right. So, like, another Kentucky kind of weird, weird thing, but, like, the date coinciding, a little bizarre. It's a little bizarre. And who knows what kind of weirdos are pointing out, like, flying saucers in the sky. I could only find that, to be fair, on, like, one write-up. But that guy quoted a few... Um, you know, good books. So it might have been in one of those. Noteworthy. It was different than others. Yeah, it's got me curious as to what part of Indiana they drove to. Because I remember after the encounter, yeah. they they drove to, some of them drove to Indiana, I want to say, to I like mean, go hunting or something. Like I said, the river is right there. So like that town, they literally border Kentucky. So like it's right, it it's as close as Indiana and Kentucky can get. It's right on the border. I'm not seeing it on the Wikipedia site. That's right. But I know they went there like... No, I'm actually curious. I would like to know. So, I mean, but that kind of just leaves us, you know... The first boys have never recanted their story about what had happened there. And that seems to be true, because, like, can you imagine just looking at a lake? And then all of a sudden, like, this water is like... Then a creature comes up and he's covered in like spiked barbed fins. Uh-huh. And then it's like stares at you. And you're like, what am I doing here? I was just, maybe they're skipping stones or they're probably fishing their kids, playing around. I mean, I skip stones when I go to the river yeah. still or Fuck any yeah. body of water. I'm skipping I'm pretty, stones. I'm pretty happy about Let's go. My, my skipping stone skills. Uh-huh. They've gotten better over the years. I'm pretty happy about it. Pretty pleased. Yeah, good. Like, Boom, skip that stone. It's a fun pastime. Yeah, get it across the river. Yeah, I did that. Great, now I know it. 
Huge achievement. But to have this thing come out of the water, then come after you and attack you. Yeah. Go, go to the Mounties, and the Mounties are, don't shoo you away. They're like, these kids are clearly scared. Something got them. And that's what I always come back to. Like, something, whatever it was, something kind of was going after these kids. It's enough to scare the hell out of them. Right, and it's enough for, like, the, the police were like, all right, we got to at least check it out. Yeah. As opposed to, like, get out of here. So, you know, where does that leave us? What's going, I mean, what, not that we need to answer what, because, of course, these things remain a mystery. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of two isolated reptilian monster water attacks. And we always talk about the water, and we don't know what's in there. Because water's scary. Water is scary. It's like I spa- don't belong in it. It's like space on Earth. Yeah. Water. Space on Earth. Earth space. <laughs> Fuck, it got better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, so those are that's the story of the you know the green clawed monster, and the Thetis Lake monster, but basically two other again, we've mentioned a few assorted random, quote unquote reptilian creatures. Because a lot of lake monsters are like serpenty and like, you know. Plesiosaurusy. Yeah. These are you know humanoid, things. Hmm. So it's just so it's a weird one. That is weird. It's yeah. strange. I'd be more afraid of a humanoid sea monster than a plesiosaur. Because I'd be like, oh, that's just a thing that we forgot over time. Where a humanoid one, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? Absolutely. One of the comments um, on, um, I think it was, was it Lauren Coleman's article? I'm going to say that, but don't quote me on it. Um but somebody had said something like, yeah, because a creature knows exactly where the door handle is. Like, insinuating that it was just actually a man attacking um, Jesse Martin mm-hmm. in 2006. Which, I mean, maybe. But he said he saw fish scales. So was the guy, like, pulling the prank? And it was, like, scratched. So was the guy pulling the prank with, like, a fish in his hand and trying to grab a door handle or some shit? Yeah. I mean, that's a person. That's a thing a person could do. It is. It's a kind of a weird prank to play in the last... Like, were you just waiting in the bushes where the last guy comes to get his car, his Mustang? Like yeah. an early 2000s Mustang. Could have looked pretty neat. One of those, you know, newer Mustangs. I wonder if that would have been... I don't know how old his Mustang was. It didn't say. But what was it like one of those retro Mustangs? Was that around that time? I hope so, because those early 2000 ones were probably the worst ones. The ones that looked like they were like the 60s ones? No. Or which one? Those are later ones. Those are later I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm not a big car guy, so I don't know. No, no, I just... I just remember there were there were cool Mustangs and there weren't. So, yeah. I don't know. I wonder. But yeah, because well, then there's like the 90s Mustangs are just like, they just look like cars. Yeah. Those are weird ones too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably, it probably was before they made the retro modern Mustangs. Right. But either way, like... Are you gonna hang out in the woods with a, right. a fish on your body just to freak some kid this out? Guy. Yeah, I don't know. And I know maybe. It's, I, know I mean, I've done weird stuff to mess with people. Well, when is, when's the next time you're gonna attack somebody's car with a fish in your hand? And I then, don't know. I'm not doing anything later. All right. Well, <laughs> got things to do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just find one car in a parking lot and just stare at it. Like, yeah, I'm just going to lurk there for hours and hours until the guy comes to get his car. And then I'm going to be like, gotcha. Well, gotcha, that ra- bitch. That raises the interesting <laughs> question of like, how easy would it be to cause a hoax? Because like, you can't assume the only person you do something weird to is going to tell anybody. I mean, so that means you have to tell a bunch of people. You have to try and do this to enough people where like things are going on. Yeah, because if I mean, if somebody hid in the bushes for hours and then jumped out at me with like fish on them or something, I would just be like, "Huh, you got me. Good job." And I wouldn't tell anybody about it. I'd be like, "Yeah." What if you were? What if I tell like the next friend or so I saw, and then right. I, that would be it. I wouldn't be like, "Whoa, call the police!" Like, <laughs> Where's the Mounties? Right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> What if this guy was dressed in like a weird scary costume and had glowing red eyes? I mean, it depends. It depends if, how scary the costume is, I guess. Right. Like, I'm probably not calling anybody, though. I'm probably going to be like, huh, you got me, and like, roll with it. This is the kind of person I am. Right. Until, like, you know, he pulls a knife on me or something, or like, like bites me. Well, then you bites yeah. me in the knee or something. And I'm going to be like, whoa. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> Then all of a sudden your knee is covered in like a green stain. Yeah. Then I'm like, like oh, oh, well, now we might that? have an issue. Why'd you do that? Am I going to become like you? What is this? Yeah. I mean, it's a thing to think about. Yeah. But all in all, that's the story of the green clawed beast and the uh, Thetis like monster and kind of a callback to like random one off reptilian creatures. Because a lot of the reptilian stuff is kind of. That we've discussed anyways is like kind of a one-off, like not a lot, one or two. Lizard, the Bishopsville lizard monster of a skateboard swamp had a few good stuff going on there. Um, and there was like the Tuttle monster, another Canadian monster, the Tunnel monster. Uh-huh. He was a guy. Um, he was Canadian? He was, yeah. Hmm. So Canadians like, are lizard people. I mean, that's the, yep, two Canadian lizard stories, so they are lizard people. You wouldn't think confirm. that makes sense because it's such a cold climate. That's why they're up there. They throw you off. You don't suspect it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and then of course I can always talk about the Reptoid conspiracy, which I'll probably get to again because it's just madness. Yep. Draconis Alpha Draconis Star System. Get, yeah. I mean, David Ike. David Ike. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's the guy. We haven't talked about that at all, have we? Um, we talked about David Ike during the tunnel model tunnel mm. uh, tunnel. I keep I want to say Tuttle Bottoms, and he's a phony ass bitch. Yeah, that's an ant eater. Yeah, fucking idiot. Does anyone want an update on the Tuttle Bottoms monster? I think it was two years ago. The past five years don't make any sense, but maybe a year and a half or two years ago, like the Tuttle Bottoms kind of caught on fire. So if, it did it really? It did, yes. Like a wildfire, you, you know, as, as or you know, fire along the side of the road or whatever. But so chances are, Tuttle Bottoms fucking burned alive. So how do you feel about that? Anteater man, humanoid anteater man might have been burned alive. So, like, no one might ever see him again or have any reason to talk about him because he caught on a fire and died. Well, that's a twist I didn't expect. Yeah, I didn't expect this episode to end with a Tuttle Bottoms monster maybe being dead, <laughs> did you? No, I yeah. did not. But you would have, res- should have felt, feel like you should have respected him when he was alive, huh? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Maybe he'll reincarnate as a better monster. If only he'd reincarnate as a better monster. What if he comes back as like the super monster and comes straight for me? You got it coming. He rips open like the wall of my bedroom and he's like, Nick, it's time for the punishment. Yeah, he's just an anteater. 
and he just beats the shit out of you. I'm going to show you the real Tuttle Bottoms. I'm like, what does that mean? You're about to find out. <laughs> your bottom tuttled. Yeah, your bottom's <laughs> getting tuttled. I'm the tuttler. I don't like the sound of that. And all he does is like, is like clang his like, because they're now, now they're metal. He's like ant ear fingers. Mm-hmm. That's what he, that is what he's going to tuttle my bottoms with. Oh, God. I was like, no, why? <laughs> and then he, he puts his long anteater tongue out at me like, like, whoa, what the fuck? He's like, that's coming for your this bottoms, This is the scariest, most terrified I've ever been of the Tuttle Bottoms monster. And then what he also does is like, this will this is not a good for an audio podcast, but like, he like flexes like this and like 18 spikes come out of his back and they're just like covered in like blood. Which like just probably hurts him more, but it looks scary to me, and I'm very terrified by it. Yeah. And he says, "You're about to get tuttled." Oh my god! <laughs> huh? You think I'm a monster? Wait till I'm done with you. Why does he talk like that? That's the voice they chose for the Tuttle Bottoms monster. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's weird. It is weird. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not talking about him. The point is, like, the reptilian stuff, man. Like, it's always these one-off weird things. Yeah, they are weird. But, like, sure. Talk about them. But, yeah, you know. Fucking monsters all over. They just lake. And it's supposed to, it's like a real, it's like a small lake. It's not like this giant big body of water. It's on an island. It's like, it's not that big. Mm-hmm. Not that islands can, you know, islands can also, can be big, but, like, you know, it's not the fucking Great Lakes is my point. Right. Well, yeah. Huh. You know, if anybody's been to Thetis Lake or might be, if you're the Tuttle Bottoms monster and you're alive, email me at weirdandfreepodcast at gmail.com and I will not reply to you. Yeah. Wait, why not? I don't know, because he sucks. I mean, I would still talk with him. Oh, what would you say? <laughs> to the, if the Tuttle Bottoms monster sent you an email, what would you say to him? Uh, don't tuttle me, bro. <laughs> and what if he's like, that's all I know? You're like, okay, well, maybe I'm up for it. I don't know. And then he clangs his fingers together, because like I said, they're made of metal now. It's like a video message? Maybe. Audio? Yeah, why would you, yeah, how would you know? I yeah, wouldn't. He's the first person to send us an anchor.fm slash, like, voice message. He's like, clang, clang, about to get tuttled. Why? Hmm. He's like... Love you guys. Love the show. <laughs> quit talking shit about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Quit talking shit. I'm alive. I survived the fire. Now I'm kind of... I re- was reincarnated after I burned alive. <laughs> huh. Hmm. And he's like, you better be on your... You better be nice or I'm coming for you. Stay on your toes. What? Tuttle me timbers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the email, I said it already. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, patreon.com slash weird and feared, where we talk behind the veil and a lot of other goodies on there. Check it out. Support the show. We love you. Thank you. And keep staying spooky. Yeah, stay spooky.